Gab Rossi. Good evening. <laughs> Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> We've been formal. Mr. Cat. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. All, all good. All just chilling, just uh, sucking up the uh, environment. There's an interesting smell in your apartment, man. I'm not quite sure what that is. I just cooked chicken. No, no, no. It's not. No, it's like uh, incense or some shit. Oh, yeah. There's orange. Orange? Um, vanilla and like this other weird smell. Yeah, we'll put it all together. It's weird. All together. All right. It weird as in negative or? No. Uh, it's like. You don't like it? Oh, no, no, no. No, so, tell me if you don't like it. I'll get rid of it. No, I don't believe that. I, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like I've walked into one of those, uh, you know, those like shops, like the run by those lefties, like the, you know what I mean? Like, like it's like a, a chai tea sort of sent, you know, sent to it. Yeah. And I'm just waiting for, you know, some, some kid with blue hair to walk in, you know, with the, like, you know, can I take your order please? That sort of thing. Well, it's, it's sort of like that. This is a open space. We encourage you to say whatever you want. No I'm, one's going to judge you. No, man. I'm, I, I've been judged all my life. I, I don't care anymore. You, when you get to a certain age, Johnny, I'm sure you're past that age too. You don't give a fuck what, what people think. No, you don't. I think our stand-up. By the way, Gab Ross is a, a very competent and very good comedian. I don't know if you've ever seen him before, but he's great. Check him out. He's all over social media. Yeah, I'm going hard on TikTok, man, because that was my, that was my lockdown saviour was making two or three TikToks a day. Got th that's how I got through. That's how I kept my shit together. Yeah, you did a lot of clips. Heaps. A lot of them about our beloved Premier Dan Andrews, which I know that not everybody agreed with. But end of the day, uh, if you still, at this point in time, think that the man did a good job, well, I don't really want to know you anyway, so I don't care. <laughs> I, mean, I love how you just blanket. Like, I don't want to fucking know you. No. <laughs> Mate, you've got no excuse. I mean, if you want to, like, if you want to sit on the fence... Okay, because I know there's people out there that aren't politically engaged and they'd rather stay out of all that shit. You know, I timed I timed what? how long before you jump into Dan Andrews at the start of this podcast. Yeah, that's it. And man. I was like, I give it five minutes. No, I, I, I always like to exceed those expectations. Look, I'm not going <laughs> to talk about him for the whole hour, though. But I'll no, just... I won't let you because I know you. I want you to have a platform to say what you think. Mm hmm so go for it. Try and discuss. No, but I won't, I won't talk about him for an hour because, you know, <laughs> don't. It, like maybe if you had got me six months ago, right in the midst of the whole thing, yeah, I'd spend two hours talking about him. But, you know, he's he's fallen down a set of stairs. That's what he tells everyone. He's out of the picture at the moment. Did you I, push him? That's the question. Where were you I on that wish, day? I wish, mate. No, but at the but, end of the day, uh, he's out of the picture at the moment. I don't know if he's ever coming back. So, you know, I, I've got a feeling he won't. You see, that fucked. It's more to it than that. I, I think there's more more forces at play. No, he didn't fall down the stairs. That's a load of shit. Everyone knows that. Oh, wow. No, I don't. No. I'm not politically savvy as you are. So you no. reckon he didn't fall down the no, stairs? No, I know he didn't fall down the stairs. But I'm not... I, I mean, you know, I can put out rumours if I want. And that's all they'll be. But I know... I've got some sources. He didn't fall. And there was, there's a lot more... There's so a what happened to him? Well, there's... Was there's, the whole back injury bullshit? Like, was he in no, a back brace? No, 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 he, he fell downstairs. Was it Caesar? It, Did the party no, no. put knives in his back? Is that why he was in hospital? No, more union guys. So union guys belted him? Pretty much. That's the story I'm hearing, yeah. I'm not going to go any further, though, because, you know, I'm sure... And, you know... Gab's Italian. He's got connections. Hey, he knows these things. Yeah, man. Forget about it. Don't ask. He'll sleep with the fishes. No, but I mean, seriously... Uh, the, the wet stairs story. I mean, if anyone believed that, there's something very seriously wrong with their mentality. I don't believe the, I believe the wet stairs story plus about three bottles of wine. 
Well, after a session, it's easy to slip on how stairs. About, how about the wet stairs, three bottles of wine, and four union thugs? Add that into the picture. Yeah, right. Okay. And also, it wasn't at his house. It was at the Fox's house. Everyone knows that anyway. That's why did they, allegedly, why did they belt him? I believe there was a disagreement over lockdowns. And they were sort of getting into him. And he said something to one of them that they didn't particularly like. And that's how they retaliated. That's the story I'm hearing. Can you go deeper as to what it was about? Well, I can't. Like, I mean, if I go deeper, I could look like a dickhead because I'm I'm going off second, third-hand information. But at the same time... Uh, so all I know is that union thugs allegedly belted him up yep. for contractual agreements, no, like over well, pay they, disputes, No, they were, they were, they were dirty on him. No, they were basically saying, no more lockdowns, mate. And he's like, well, I can do what I want. I'm the premier. And that's when they sort of lost their shit. So... If I was to play devil's advocate, mm -hmm. didn't our lockdown do a really good job? Mm -hmm. Admittedly, Dan Andrews fucked up the hotel quarantine. Yep. That was a brutal mistake. Yep. He mopped it up as best as he could. Yep. He should have gone because he fucked it up. He, well, you know, he had threw, he have gone at the end of that, we wouldn't be having this conversation. He threw Jenny McCarkos under the bus, but she had to go as well because she was health minister. So yep. fuck, you total like 700 cases a day. The yep. rest of the country's got like... 20. Exactly. So, you know... Mm. Um, well, I mean, the lockdowns did their job, but at the end of the day, like... Aren't we way better off than, like, fuck, at least we're not... Like, life is normal here now, yeah. I think. Yeah, but do you... I mean, I'm gigging, I'm having, having fun, I'm... Mm. Yeah, you can play... like friends in the UK who are struggling. Yeah, but be that as it may, um, you know, what caused the lockdown? I mean, if someone gives you a bucket after they yeah, burnt your house up. down, you know, you don't go, thanks, mate, thanks for the bucket. Right. And also, let's be honest, too... Uh, every day on TV, you, was he was he filling us with hope? Was he inspiring us? Was he giving us uh, something to look forward to? No, it's like, oh, we're almost there, but you know, you guys have still got to stop doing the wrong thing. And you know, he was just critical and he was negative and he just brought us down. You can't tell me that the mood of this state is better since he's been completely out of the picture. And, and yes, you could say, okay, well, well, we've opened up, sure, but we don't have to deal with this guy's negative face and shit tone of voice every time he was on the telly. So he, he was just basically a drainer. That's what he was. He didn't have to be front and center in the way that he the way that he was the whole time. He drained us, mate. He actually said to us, you guys did the wrong thing. Uh, obviously, we found out a little bit differently because I keep telling people out there, how did we do any worse than New South Wales people? Are you telling me, or, or, or Queensland people, are you telling me that they had lower cases because they all followed the rules and we didn't? That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Everyone... In this country is of a similar mindset. Some followed rules, a few didn't. That would be Australia-wide. Only one state had, you know, massive outbreak. One state. One state has 90% of all the deaths in this country. One state has... Is that us? That's us. Well, there's 820 deaths in Victoria and 89 in the rest of the country. Okay. We've got to move this quickly. Are you sure. taking the vaccine? No. <laughs> Not because I'm an anti-vaxxer either. I just don't trust this one. I, I'll be honest with you. I'm laughing, not derisory. No, no, no. You. I didn't take it I'm, that way. I'm just like, I, I agree with you. I don't know if I'm going to take it because there's yet again more blood clot cases popping up. Well, I mean, they're going to they're going to keep coming up. And yes, okay, they don't happen as often. But so what? If you're if you're that one in ten thousand chance, that's you. That's you, man. You know, like we don't know. I don't know if I'm prone to blood clotting. You never know. I don't know. Never know. We eat. Um, and I'm 50 years old, so I'm supposed. I'm not even allowed to take the Pfizer. So okay, yeah, fuck yourselves. I'm, I'm not taking the AstraZeneca. No chance. No. I'm af I'm afraid of blood clots too. I, I eat Greek. I dip my bread in the oil. You know, I'm scared. This <laughs> I haven't had any bread for five weeks, mate. I'm on a low-carb diet. so You're looking good. Yeah, I lost 10 kilos. You're getting pudgy there for a bit. Badly. 
Yeah, I got almost almost back to my pre fucking training weight when I was back at the start of the, my forties when I started seeing a PT. I got down to seventy eight kilos. I was doing good. Admittedly, you have very good willpower when you put your 100%. mind to something. Mm. You complete it because last time yep. you lost a lot of weight, nearly twenty kilos last time. Yeah, yeah. and. <laughs> you would be very like stern in the face. You were like, no, I just did it, man. I just put it. Well, that's the same again. Just same again. Five weeks of low carbs and sticking to a plan and just doing it. And it just came off. And now. So what's your secret? What would you say to people that are like, oh, I can't, I'm fucking struggling. And is it just willpower? Well. Programming? I think I'm smart in the sense that I do these diets that are short term. Because if you go, you can't go on a diet for six months. It's fucking insane. Mm. No one can do that. So if you're going to, if you're on a serious trip to wanting to lose weight, Try and find it. Everyone says, oh, you shouldn't lose weight quick. Mate, it depends on your body. Like if, you, if you're kind of lean and you just want to lose a couple of kilos, that's hard because you're already lean. But if you've got like excess weight, fuck, that shit falls off straight away if you, if you just go hard early. Like the first two weeks, I lost six kilos, right? Six kilos? Yeah, because it, it's just shit. It's just fluid and crap. You know is, what I mean? what's that? is that like 200 grams a day? I guess, yeah. But, you know, like ketosis diets. This is the style of diet that low-carb food creates it basically turns your body into a fat burning machine yeah so literally and i was testing my wee every day what you get this little dipstick you test it you piss on it so it's midstream you've got to do it midstream and if it turns a certain color it tells you what level of fat burning you're at and you've got to be in a certain range where do you get these sticks from so i i i did a program called ultralight so i'm not going to you know i shouldn't be doing an advert advertisement here but i've done it before like 10 years ago was the last time i did it when i got a bit heavy and I knew it was a very effective diet, so I did it again. And, um, yeah, it still has the same results. I mean, admittedly, last time I did it, I was 41 years old, no, 40 years old, and um, I lost 12 kilos in five weeks. So now that I'm a bit older, I think to lose nine kilos or nine and a half roughly was not as good as that time. But then again, I probably was a tad heavier when I did it last time when I started. So, yeah. Mm. So, but I noticed the last two weeks was a little bit hard, so I, I started, I jumped on the treadmill. I thought, no, I've got to make this work. And so I've started running. Now I'm still running. Stopped the diet, but I'm still doing the running. Okay. So when you were on the diet, it was a low-carb diet. I'm still eating low carbs, though. Just okay. having a little bit more food and, now. And you, uh, is, is it the first piss of the morning that yep. you use a litmus 100, test paper? 100%. 100%. And you dunk the paper into your No, pee. no. So you're, you're sitting there in the, on, on the toilet, either standing up or whatever. And as Do you, you sit when you pee? Well, yeah, I like to, mate. Because, you know, I usually take a dump at the same time. But that's another story, right? Um, no, I sit when I pee as well, especially with morning glory. Absolutely. I just sit. So so basically, I start weighing, and then about three or four seconds in, then I put the tip of the stick into the into the stream, and then just take it out, and then it just turns a certain color depending on how you're going with ketosis. This and is the only... You, this are is you the, burning good fat? Well, I was. I don't know about now. I've stopped doing it. Like I said, the, the diet ended for me. The five-week program ended on Monday for me. That's yes. interesting. Have you tried uh, intermittent fasting? That's what yeah, I've been yeah, doing yeah, for yeah, the last 10 it. years. Yeah, you've been doing it. Yeah, look, I've given that a go. Um, my my issue is I I, I can't – I love fast food. Like, I'm not going to lie, right? So, okay. mate, you put a pizza in front of me, a large, I'll, I'll, I can eat it. Yeah. I can eat it all, right? So, so the trick is that intermittent fasting, you know, I probably – yeah, I'll, I'll, you know what, I'll probably give it another go because I think skipping breakfast is not the worst thing to do. Like, yeah. Yeah, so... Europeans, when I was in Greece and Italy and Yeah, Spain, they don't have breakfast. They don't yeah. fucking have breakfast. They just have well, a actually, cigarette. Well, cigarette actually, today, coffee. today I've only had two meals today. Like, I, I ate at 11 o'clock and again at 5 o'clock. Yeah, because you shrink your stomach over time. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not like hungry. I'm, yeah. I mean, I, and now I, because of this diet, it's because I've figured out, you know, the do's and don'ts of what I should and shouldn't be eating. 
Like I can go into a cafe or restaurant now and actually order a low-carb meal. So mm. I, I, like today I went to Zata just in Sydney Road there. Oh, Zata. Yeah, yeah. I know Zata. Yeah, and uh, I just said, listen. Um, They're good. Yeah, well, I, I just said to them, I said, look, I'm, I'm still eating low carbs. I don't want any breads. Can you put something together for me? And so they gave me a little bit of sausage with a bit with an egg and some cucumber, tomato, a little bit of dip. There was all protein, all, all carbs and, and no, no real heavy carbs, you know. Yeah, they've got it all covered now. Yeah, well, you'd think so. Yeah. You can get a burger in a lettuce cup for fuck's sake. Yeah, well, no, let's not go too far. That's actually refreshing. <laughs> yeah. Well, didn't you used to do that in your yeah, place? Yeah, no, and, and I meant to try it one day. I never got around to it because that all went to shit. But anyway. The bread, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, look, you know, I, you're right about one thing. When I put my mind to something, yes, I, I will, especially with the weight loss, yes. And it, you know, it well, takes... Well, that's, that's your nature. You've always been independent, you know, like tickets for the lounge. And... I haven't got choice, mate. Yeah, you do your own thing. Try to. Well, you do have a choice. You're like, for me, I just join the workforce, you know? I just get a job. Oh, yeah, but I, it? during lockdown, I, I got a two-month job at uh, Star Trek. I mean, it was more than two months. I would have kept going. It's just that I actually, <laughs> how funny is this? All, all the people listening will piss themselves. So first job I ever had in 20 years, like as in like employee sort of role. And, and I'm a wog, yeah? And I got injured. <laughs> <laughs> You <laughs> fucked me finger. So this. Oh, I was gonna say your back. No, no, no. It wasn't my back. I actually snapped a tendon in one of my fingers. How'd you manage that? It just got sn- it got snagged on a coat hanger. So I was I was working at Star Trek and I was picking their Myers stock. Right. So they do they do Meyer online. Yep, yep. So they have all their you know garments all stuffed in these little boxes and some of them are on coat hangers. So I'm just sitting there yanking away at this thing, and what 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 didn't what people don't understand is how I did the injury is because. My left hand is numb because it has. I've had carpal tunnel in my left hand. So what's I'm, carpal tunnel, man? Well, that's when your your nerves sort of get compressed in your in your wrist, and you end up with numbness in your fingers. So okay. what they do to re- actually remedy that is they usually give you a bit. Of, they cut you open, and what they do is they call it carpal tunnel release, where they basically let you they they open it up again, where the nerves are all pushed in, so that you reduce the sensitivity in your fingers. So. So I've had that operation. But you play th- guitar. Does that affect your guitar? Fucking oath it does, mate. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say. I mean, like right now, I've, I pulled out the guitar last week at the Comics Lounge, first time in five months. Wow. And even now, the feeling is not quite back yet. I had the operation to fix the carpal tunnel in January. And that's what I was getting at is when I snapped the finger, because I didn't have much feeling, I didn't know I'd done it. I'm sitting there pulling on these uh, coat hangers, bending my finger sideways, right? And anyway... Got what I needed, went to the trolley, look at my finger, it was mangled. Like it looked like this, it was like a hook, right? And I thought, oh, what have I done? So I tried to straighten it, thinking I dislocated it. And, you know, usually when you dislocate, you can go like that, it clicks back into place. This wasn't doing no such thing. So I went to the hospital that night and they they weren't sure. They got me x-rayed the next day and then they got told about this thing called mallet finger. They basically, where you snap the tendon in the top joint and it just, you can't, you've got to, you know what I had to do? I had to keep it, you might, you might have seen it. I had to keep it in a splint for 10 weeks. Oh, 10 weeks? 10 wow. weeks. And the thing is, if you bend it, like at any point during that time, more so towards the beginning, but maybe you get away with it towards the end, you, you have to start again. Was it the middle finger? Middle finger. That oh, one, so you're set that for one, road rage for 10 one, weeks. Absolutely, like this. <laughs> so, so anyway, cut a long story short, that's come good now. Um, yeah. But the carpal tunnel still means I've still got numbness in there. And to top it off, just to make my my year complete, I fell down the stairs just like Dan Andrews, except I was sober, <laughs> right? And there weren't any union thugs there. Um, I've landed on this shoulder, and one of the reasons I got fat is because normally I'd be playing golf three times a week, oh, walking yeah, around. Oh, yeah, inactive. 
I've been inactive. I, I blew out to 94 kilos. Yeah. Now I'm back to 85, So, which is a more manageable weight. But I, I'm still quietly going to try and get to 80 by the end of the year, just easily, or just by running, just by eating well, you know? Yeah, that's good, man. So 80 kilos is where I'd like to be. I'm quite skinny. The only problem with me being skinny is I, I haven't got a too big a fat, a fat head. And when I look skinny, I look like a fucking chuppa chup. You know what I mean? Like this big head on this little body. Big head, small body. Yeah, because yeah, my head doesn't shrink. <laughs> that's a problem. It stays the same. Uh, it, goes, it gets a bit narrow. I lose the fucking jowls, whatever. But Yeah, under the chin fat. Yeah. yeah you lose that. But that's it. Still got yeah. the buff head. Yeah, I've never noticed that. But yeah, you have a wide. I've got a wide, fat fucking head. Wide, where yeah, face, I'd say. I feel sorry for my head. wife because she gave birth to my son. He's got the same head, mate. <laughs> so, yeah, man. She And I was there when that, that would have hurt. Fucking no. There was no fucking anesthesia. Why? This Normally a chick gets an <sighs> epidural. I'm doing Dude. a massive disservice to women here, but they get an epidural in the back, don't they? She did the first pregnancy, and that was quite uneventful. Like, I mean, as far as pregnancy, like actually childbirth goes. But the second one. Oh man, I still I still can still see this bird's face, this um, midwife. It's like she was trying to talk her out of getting an epidural. She was one of them. Why? She, oh, a lot of them are some of them anti-medicine, like no, pro, well, pro-natural birth. How, what is it? I can't quite work out what this person's uh, you know, modus operandi was, but one thing I have noticed is that look, there are apparently there are dangers with epidural too. So some some women, very rare of course, but there are the odd occasion because there's a lack of feeling, you know, when, when they've got the epidural, that sometimes they do damage to their back when they're pushing and they don't know because they can't feel it. Whereas mm. if you, so anyway, to cut a long story short though, with the epidural, if you don't get it within a certain time, it's too late. So in other words, if the, the, the birth is coming on within a few minutes, there's no point. It doesn't kick in quick enough. And, we, and that's what happens. She kept putting it off, putting it off, and then bang, next thing you know, She's delivering a baby with no, completely natural. Holy fuck. And, and Were I'll, you in there? Oh, of course I was there. And not only was I there, I was holding, you know, I was standing behind my wife and she had me, as the baby was coming out, she had me in a full fucking headlock, my missus. <laughs> full headlock. <laughs> Like literally, but like, you weren't annoying her with a story or anything. Not at you all. Being mate. supportive, no, mate. You weren't being typical, Gab. Just one more thing. Let no, me say mate. This. In that situation, my golf shot, honey, it's getting better. You should see me. No, slice. mate. Even even a dickhead like me even knows to shut my fucking mouth when the woman's giving birth to Fuck, a baby. So the poor thing was channeling her rage, just fucking all that. Physical. Well, first, first, this is this actually. She's told me this. I had a t-shirt on, nice t-shirt, right? And first, she started like pulling on my t-shirt. And even though she was like in all a world of pain, she, this is her thinking, yeah? She's sitting there going, in her mind going, oh, I can't be pulling on his t-shirt. That's a nice t-shirt. <laughs> that's, that's and and I can't, and I can't, no, no, but no, it gets better. She said, I don't want him to look all wrecked in the photo. <laughs> <laughs> so she then goes, well, I can't hold on to his, his t-shirt. I know, I'll put my arms around his fucking neck. Right, because you know what doesn't matter if my head's fucked. Yeah. She was worried about the t-shirt, right? Because t-shirt, I guess, can't be repaired. Whereas apparently my head can. Anyway, so as the baby's coming out, fuck yeah, I was full headlock, and and that kid you just had it like that around you, full on, like I about like I my head was pressed into her shoulder. And it was probably the only time you're in a headlock and you weren't willingly trying to get out of it. You're like, whatever you need, honey. Well, no, no, is... I, was, I was about ready to smash her at one point. <laughs> no, but on a serious note, poor, the poor girl, right? This kid came out. It's your daughter, right? Son. 
This is the second. Oh, this is Anton. This oh, is Anton two. was second. Anton all was right. second, yeah. So he came out, and it seemed all right at first, and the next push split her open, and there was no anesthesia. I don't know how the fuck, and I have never seen so much blood in my life. Oh, my God. And I don't know how the fuck she was able to, you know, I mean, she was screaming, don't get me wrong, but I, I would have passed out. Without a doubt. Like, surely, you pass out all, yeah, man. all I mean, vomit. Jesus, yes. I want an epidural for some shit sometimes, you know, like, yeah. let alone pushing a baby Yeah, out. no, so, yeah, man, I was there through that, and, yeah, fuck. Fuck. And my missus has difficult pregnancies. Uh, her, her obstetrician even said after number two, I don't want to see you again. Well, because she was, you know... We Do you know the mechanics? Why? Behind it? Is oh, it just... just uh, could have something to do with age. I mean, she was 37 with the second one, and I know... <laughs> I know that there are women who have babies way past that. But well, it's all... yeah, who was it? Effie from yeah. Acropolis Now. She had a baby at 50. Mary Custis. Yeah, 50 odd, yeah. 49, yeah. 50. Yeah, look, Holy. look, it can be done, but you know what? Though? It, would, it yeah. would certainly, I would certainly have to imagine you'd, they'd have to be in a reasonably good state of fitness to, mm. to actually, because. Well, Penny was fit. Yeah, yeah, she? yeah, she was all right. I mean, regardless, though, like she developed gestational diabetes too with the second one. And that's a lot more common as women get older. I don't understand that. Diabetes is when you eat too much sugar, yeah, right? Yeah, but you get it in gestation. So sometimes it develops. She's not a diabetic, Penny, and she's not a diabetic now. But during Just pregnancy, during pregnancy, she developed what they call gestational diabetes. Yeah, I know. It's a bit hard for me to get my head around. So too. the insulin wasn't enough Apparently. to sweat, mop up all the shit. Yeah. And she had to take, you know, she had to take insulin during that pregnancy. But literally within a week of giving birth, it was gone. And then we go fuck other women. Fuck, we're cunts. <laughs> Speak for yourself, mate. <laughs> Fucking hell, where'd that come from? <laughs> <laughs> Penny is, that's Johnny talking. If you can't, that's me seen... being a malaka. Yeah, that's right. I'm just, you know how some guys, well, a lot of guys just don't give a fuck and do what they do. Oh, well, you know, I, I know women that cheat on guys too, man. Yeah, yeah. Occasionally. They're better at hiding it, though. <laughs> so that would have been a horrific sight for you to see, man. When she was like that. Yeah, you don't think of it at the time, though. You know what? Because you're going through it? Well, you just... You just got to keep moving. No, see, in those situations, you just... You're there for... You know, you just got to get on with it and do what you got to do. Do whatever needs to be done. You don't even think about that stuff. It was pretty bad, but, you know. But she, you know, she, she handled it probably better than I ever could. This is where, you know, you do wonder about pain thresholds, men and women, you know. But we couldn't endure that. There's no way. I mean, I know it sounds ridiculous. What do you mean we couldn't, we couldn't endure that? If we had to pass something out like that, I, I just can't see us putting up with that shit. Oh, look, I think without doing a disservice to any of that, like... Of course. Yeah. You know, you see, um, you know, I watched this documentary on World War Two, and... Like, oh, well, you know. Limbs were flying off and, and soldiers were just walking up to their arms and picking, picking them up. up. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Because yeah. they, re they reckon adrenaline, this, this surge of adrenaline kicks in. Well, that may be the case with her that day. That she might have had that going on too, but I, I know, yeah, just... Well, I'm sure that's what a lot of people who are anti-drugs would say. Like, let your natural body kick in with its pain threshold. But fuck that. If there's an no. epidural there, take it. No, her her obstetrician showed up a bit later and he was furious that she didn't well, wasn't given the obstetrician. Yeah, isn't the, the, that the negligence or malpractice from the midwife? I don't know, man. I mean, you know, look, there are too many instances where they do try and give the epidural and it's too late because the, sometimes... They get caught out. Like sometimes you could be, you know, dilating slightly, and then five minutes later, all of a sudden you're ready to go. So, so, they, so they're going to they can always hide behind that if they're actually. But I, I felt 
being there. I felt she was trying to engineer it. I really do. But it's done. It's over. You know, look, mate, when you have a baby and stuff like that, you don't want to sit there and start, you know, making making waves. You just want to take the baby home and get out of there. You know what I mean? So so we, would, we weren't going to go into it. But, yeah, the, her, her obstetrician was, was not particularly impressed with the situation. And he arrived, you know, with not enough time to administer an epidural so not wasn't anything to do about it you know mm. and he even literally had to stitch her up without anesthesia holy shit yeah yeah oh it was ridiculous it was ridiculous yeah was she completely out of it or was she there talking to you no she was conscious yeah. she was just holy oh, shit look maybe maybe after something like that happens you'd probably have a certain amount of numbness if you know what I mean down there you mm. know so anyway dude yeah this is a bit of a, a gruesome memory but yeah it's it's that's life and that's it and we do i mean you know like childbirth it's huge but apparently you can't call them mothers anymore but that's all right they can go through that but you've got to call call them the childbirthing parent now apparently that's surely a small yeah but the percentage that are trying to make it out that it's the majority yeah but they're most people are very vocal and they're very vocal they are fucking vocal but that's that's their they have to but they get traction because the media lap that shit up mate Mm. oh you know fuck the media give it air so they shouldn't you know how how is the word mother offensive it's one of the most uh you know beautiful words in the english language and uh should always be, remain that way and anyone that thinks it's offensive i mean I'd, I'd actually like to meet one person who says the words offensive personally so i can basically just reduce them to tears i'm yet to meet anyone yeah i know i haven't personally met anyone but you see them they're out there i mean there's a weird agenda going on though with all that sort of shit do you think the pendulum will swing back the other way or do you think it's going to get worse i mean i'm not i don't know i haven't seen any change in comedy rooms like I, I perform at the Comics Lounge and people still like funny. You yeah, know, but, they're but, still laughing. Yeah, but you still you still live in Australia too, mate. So we're always a bit behind the rest of the world. So I'm pretty sure that it's certainly impacting rooms in the US and the UK. Absolutely. You reckon? A thousand percent. I'm sure it is, mate. I'm, well, you you know, think there are comics getting pulled up saying, mate, you can't use that word tomorrow night or you're out? Well, all I know is in the US for more than... A decade or so now there's comedians for example that will refuse to do college gigs because they know that they're just going to have a bunch of liberals in the room just going you can't talk about that that's offensive so they don't even bother anymore and they also know that you know they say something on stage and one of the dickheads in the room will record it and film it and post it all over social media or or if they don't like a certain comedian they'll troll their twitter account and find some quote that you know can be deemed offensive and they'll go through their tweets from 2011 and just get them cancelled you know so they just go, you know what, it's not worth the risk. That's America. America's crazy like that. And the UK, certainly, I imagine, uh, you know, you've got better experience in the UK. But then again, you've been back a number of years now, haven't you? About two, two and a half. Oh, oh, is three, that all? three, three years. Is that all? Uh, 18, 19, 20. Well, I'm telling yeah, you now, it's coming, it's coming for them too, mate. It's coming for them. And, it's, and, they're, and they're trying to come for us, but maybe we're a bit more insulated. Maybe we're a bit further away, you know. So, But they're coming. They're trying. I'm 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 the man that's well not the man but one of a few I imagine I'm all about pushing back against that that's what I do on my social media <coughs> so I I'm absolutely adamant that there is something even more insidious than cancel culture and that's coward culture if you let these fuckers absolutely control you you will lose and and I've got too much to lose mate I've got everything invested in what I do so I'm going to let these fuckers know day look I make videos about 
you know, questioning all sorts of things, COVID, climate change. And quite frankly, I'm not even necessarily being serious in a lot of those videos. I literally dangle the bait. Yeah, I, of course. I want these fuckers to come out, <laughs> right? So say, for example, I did a, I did a, a video, <laughs> I did a video f- a, a month or two ago about solar panels, right? And how, and look, this, this part of the, this part of what I put, I always put elements of truth, of course. So it is a fact that this, they still haven't got the recycling of used solar panels right yet. Okay. And it's still a way off. And at the moment, very debatable as to whether it's even viable, like cost effective to recycle the solar panel. So we are in a real serious, you know, threat of well, back up for me. What do you mean sol- recycling solar panels? Like the so- actual solar panel that sits on your roof Correct. when it reaches its use by date. Yeah. So they they're only good for twenty, twenty five years max, right? Okay, and then they get recycled. Well, not yet. Because they're, we can't? Well, they, it can be done, but they reckon that it's not really cost effective to do so. So in other words, put it in landfill. Well, that's the potential, yeah. So I just basically made a video saying, you know, what? Well, essentially the video was set in 2050, right? And in the video I'm basically saying, yeah, we don't really use solar anymore because we filled up all the, you know, too much landfill with all that shit. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a hypothetical video. And it's also tongue-in-cheek, yeah? Because, mm. I mean... You know, I don't know. I mean, these, I, I, I have since learned, like I mentioned in the video too, that there are some toxic elements in so, uh, solar panels, like for example, cadmium. But I've also since learned that that's, they virtually don't use that anymore. So I've learned something, right? But at the end of the day, I mentioned it in the video and they were going, oh, they don't use cadmium anymore. I'm like, yeah, you're missing the fucking point here. The point is that they haven't figured out the most effective way to recycle solar panels. It's still not quite settled. So we are still in a real situation. And they've come after me. And you know what? That video was posted six or seven weeks ago, right? <laughs> I, I still, I'm still getting comments today. Really? People telling me, oh, you're wrong. That's a good thing though, isn't it? Like, it's great. Don't you want traction like that? Yeah, I absolutely fuck want the traction. And you've got such a thick skin. I don't yeah, think you I can give, give a fuck. give a fuck what these people so think. So let them, you know? As long but, as you're funny on stage, that's all that matters. But this one thing, this one guy that was talking, and I'm talking today, conversation on that post today six seven weeks later he's still sitting there trying to pull me up on the cadmium thing and i'm like i got that i know that only two percent of solar panels have cadmium in it i've since learned that but everything else i'm saying in that video has an element of truth but you you do and then i also but i finished the conversation with but you do understand that what i've done here is getting fuckwits like you to come out and hassle me do you have time at home where your wife Penny says, "Put your phone down. You're not on social media for the rest of the night because." All right, so I'm in a pretty. Wa- you're storming around the house. You're riled up. You're no, answering no, 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 back. No, I don't do that. No, no, we'll put but it. You're this- clearly more animated. Like you're animated <laughs> now. So yeah. It does. It does. It maybe rile you up is such a strong word, but it has an effect on you. So sure. I'm just curious. Does the wife say, "You know what? Put your phone away. No social media." Fucking come down and watch yeah, a you, movie with us. Well, I'll tell. I'll tell. Well, we don't sit there and watch movies for a start. All right, whatever you do. Like, no, but you've got, sit to, around the you've got to understand the dynamic of my household, right? So the kids are in bed by 9.30, and so is my wife, right? Because end of the day, she starts work every day at 6.30, okay? So she's got to be up early. We do that because I do the school drop-off, she does the pick-up. So she finishes early enough, she can finish early enough to pick up the kids. So from 6, six o'clock to, say, 9 o'clock, there's no phone. I mean, I might flit a little bit on the phone but certainly not focused on it i sometimes cook dinner and clean up or whatever she's at she's doing the laundry whatever getting kids lunches ready from six to nine 
I don't really look at my phone that much, right? But when she goes to bed, from 9, 30, 10 o'clock, that's heaps of time. That's your time. That's when it all happens, mate. <laughs> and sometimes I'm still at bed in fucking 2 o'clock in the morning, still going, eh, fucking on the phone, mate. <laughs> you know? So, so, so yeah. I, I don't look. Once I post things, I don't look. Ah. I just, only because it rolls. It yeah, but you, your phone's probably not sitting there going, beep, 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 yeah, beep, no, beep, 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 beep. Yeah, I'll go nuts, mate. But I'm, you know, like TikTok's been great for me. I love TikTok because the videos are so easy to make. They're just so easy. I can churn out three or four a day. And then, you know, you get these dickheads going, oh, why don't you get a life? You know, all you do is make TikToks. They, they, make, they take fucking five minutes to make. So make four a day. There's a whole 20 minutes of my day, you know. And I just sit there. I plant the bomb and let the fucking explosions happen. Is it, to what end, though? Is it more of a creative outlet? Yeah, 100%. Because right. there's always, I'm always going to... But gonna... it's also planting bombs as well. Yeah, but I all... like to ruffle feathers. Absolutely. But I'm also, you know, injecting humor into most of, of the... Of course. You know, so there's always a humorous element. And what I love is every now and then I'll put out a video and I look at it, I watch it and I go, ah, it's not really that funny. But, you know, I know the premise is funny. When I read the comments and all these people saying, oh, this is hilarious, mate, it's great. That's a good feeling because I know that they get me. Because they know that I'm just being a fucking, eh, eh, right? Because look, and then then I get accused of also being a like a right wing conservative, and I fucking hate that because I'm not. Like I, I keep trying to explain to people. Well, explain it now. What are your political? Well, I'd like to think I'm very centrist. And the only reason why lefties think I'm a righty is because I fucking hate the way they carry on, right? So I push back against them because the right wingers, as much as they annoy me, because you know I'm not religious, I'm not really like. How can I put this? I certainly have my views on abortion, for example, but I'm not against it completely. You know what I mean? The right wingers are very anti-abortion, very religious, all that shit. You know, and as for as far as capital, so you're pro-choice, pro-choice for but uh, but within certain parameters. I don't. What's like, the parameter? Oh well, I'd like to think that you know, if you, you can make a decision like that in the first trimester or at least early in the second, you know, you're not you're not going to fucking do it at nine months. That's insane. Uh, I have a problem with an abortion past four or five months. Exactly. That's what I'm saying too. So I don't think you and I are different. Only because I've, I've heard reports where, I've read reports where midwives are saying that the baby responds to stimuli from Absolutely. ultrasounds. Absolutely. Absolutely. It has a level of awareness. Yes. Yes. So yeah. I so, think I, so that's my concern is, yep. is, you know, that it's, you know, and I just don't understand why. Gay some, marriage? No, no issue with gay marriage whatsoever. Yep. In fact, if there's any gay people that have just happened to stumble across this, male or female, I don't really care, IMC weddings. And I'm dying to do a same-sex one. I haven't done one yet. Because I reckon that I reckon that'd actually be more fun. I actually reckon that there's a creative element to LGBT people that, you know, your straight people don't have. And I reckon their weddings will be oh, more fun to do. fuck yeah, man. I reckon so. It's I reckon open-minded. So. Anything goes. Well, I just reckon they've got creatively, more, yeah, more they might even They might even give me a bit more license to have a bit of Well, that's it. what I mean. They'll yeah. give you more. They'll be open to your suggestions. But anyway, all jokes aside, I, I have no issue with gay marriage whatsoever. But it is interesting because on the circuit... Um, you know, um, how do I say this uh, without offending you? A lot of people think you're politically right yeah, well, conservative. There it is. And I'm like, I don't think he's right, man. Because no, I'm no. I'm, I knew all this information before I asked you just now. I knew you were a, a pro-gay marriage mm. and, you know. I mean, I I, I just don't like the left because I think, the, well, let's say the radical. You radi- mean the ultra-left. The, radi- the radical left, all right? I don't like the radical left. And, and even some of the moderate lefties still buy into a lot of that stuff too. So... You know, that, that, there's a smugness about them. There's a self-righteousness because they keep, they've convinced themselves that they're the only humanitarians on the planet. I mean, there are humanitarians on both sides of the spectrum, and I don't care what anyone says. You know, I'm a humanitarian. I give a fuck about people, and I don't think these people really do care. I think they just care about what they think and what they think is right. 
you know, for example, I'm not going to be told after copying fucking racist taunts as a kid and for having darker skin as a kid than all the other Aussies in my classroom, now all of a sudden I'm a fucking white conservative. Get fucked. Like, get fucked. Seriously, I'm not a white anything. I don't even think of myself as white. We are white, though. Yeah, we're, we're, we're Caucasians, okay? We're but, wogs, but we're white. Yeah, not yeah, wogs from the UK. That's completely different. I am For my friends in the UK... Yeah, wogs means uh, Southern Europeans. It's yeah, not it's, really... It's Dago. It's the equivalent of Dago. Yeah, we yeah. get called wogs here in yeah. Australia. Um, but we're, we're white, man. We're white. No, no, no. I accept that we... we Only in summer we go brown. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying, though. At Ryan I, I accept, <laughs> Yeah, but I accept that we are Caucasians. But the Anglo term is more something I think needs to be addressed because we're not Anglos. We're not white Anglo-Saxons. We're white We're not Anglo-Saxons. No. Right, exactly. So, but we get lumped in with that. And I don't like that. Because now all of a sudden, what, I'm supposed to be feeling guilty, you know, about like Australians co- or British colonizing Australia? Like I'm supposed to feel guilty about that when I have Italian heritage? Like this is the sort of shit they're lumping on me. And I'm like, fuck off. I didn't do that. Not even my mm. ancestors did that. Mm. Oh, yeah, but your ancestors did. Mate. I think the Greeks, yeah, but yeah, f- I think the ancient Greeks uh, commandeered slaves from the Slavic regions of Eastern Europe. That's what born the name slaves. Yeah. From Slavs. Yeah, but what about what and about Africans? What about so, yeah? What I about? Think I think I've got blood on my hands. Yeah, but what about four hundred years ago when the Africans invaded the south south of Italy and took over fucking Calabria and Sicily, mate? Mate, what do you think? But didn't it, didn't Italy go to Ethiopia? That was years later. Why the fuck did you go to Ethiopia? I know, but apparently, we the Ethiopians love Italians because we're, <laughs> no, they do because not Ethiopia, Somalia as well, because yeah. they rebuilt that country. So they've actually gone in there and, and revamped the joint. Yeah, but there was once upon a time where you machined the gun the fuck out of them and all they had was spears. How long ago was that, though? 1920s. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. All I know is that, yeah, that's quite quite possible. But don't forget, 400 years ago... But that was Mussolini, too. That was one man on behalf of Italy. 400 years ago, though, the Moors invaded the south of Italy. Now, Italians, by nature... Who were the Moors? An African tribe from the north of Africa. They cut, crossed the Mediterranean and just raped and pillaged, right? And basically, this is this is the thing that's a lot of... A lot to, I think they would have even invaded the south of Greece as well. So what happened is, we are... Originally, the Italians and the Greeks, I believe, possibly, but definitely the Italians were Aryan, man. They were blonde hair, blue eyes. And then, now, now 400 years later, we're all dark, and, and that's because of the Moors. Uh, I blame the Turks for that. <laughs> well, that's why... 400 years of Ottoman rule. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But see what I'm saying? Like... We want to go through history. There's not a there's not a single race on the planet that hasn't had got blood on its hands in some way or other. Not 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 one. Probably, yeah. I mean, even the Abri- I mean, I can't call like, it. Even but... even the indigenous Australians did did not were not the original people. But you're talking thousands of years ago. Well, more than sixty thousand. Well, this is what they claim. But apparently, there was a previous group of people here. For real? Yeah, this is what I've read, yeah. I've what, read Neanderthals? This. How I far have, back are we going? I, I mean, I don't know. But I'm just saying that, yeah. that that there's talk that they came from, you know, parts of Asia and worked their way down. So I'm out of my depth. I'm so out of my depth. I don't, like, do you think Israel and Palestine can be fucking cured, man? I just think this happens every 15 years. Every 15 years, it makes the SBS World News. Oh, yeah, Israel's bowling Palestine again. Palestine's throwing rocks. Here we go again. Yep. Last for three, four months, then it fades off. Yep. The fuck, man. I mean, what do you do? You know, what 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 are people gonna say if I say to you that during Trump's reign that never happened? 
what does that mean? And then as soon as Biden gets into power and starts, you know, I mean, I, I'm just saying, I, I don't know. I mean, because the Americans seem to have their fingers in all the pies too. So you know what I mean? In some way or other, they seem to, you know, they're like, they, they, they sneeze, everyone else catches a cold. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Look, as far well, as well, you do know, you've thought about it. I have, but I yeah, but, you you but you're joining dots. So what dots have you done? What what proof do you have because of no, the no. dot that you not proof, but what do you have to say about the dot that you've just well, joined? I mean, that I mean, now that Biden's in, well, put it this way: uh, the previous administration had brokered a fair amount of peace in the Middle East. They were opening up trade routes for Israel with a few other nations who they hadn't been speaking to for years, and yeah, essentially that seems to be in reverse now. So, because because uh, anything Trump did was like no good, so let's just go against that. It's like, for example, Trump came on board and tried to, you know, pull Iran into line. Uh, you can say whatever you want about whether you thought the Iranian contra or the Iranian deal was good or bad. I'm I'm in, I don't know. I never you know what I never fully understood the arrangements that the Americans had with the Iranians, other than to say I don't think you could ever trust that regime. But at the same time, now that you know, the doors open again. And Iran is a definite enemy of Israel. But I, I know for a fact that this surprised me. Six nuclear physicists in Iran were found shot dead outside their home. When? Uh, this, was, this was a while ago, man. This was like maybe even eight years ago. So pre-Trump. Pre-Trump during, Pre during the Obama yeah. time. Yeah. When, when, you, when Iran was trying to enrich their uranium, six nuclear physicists wind up dead, shot outside their home, killed some in strange circumstances. And uh, the Mossad, yep. which is like, whoa, this is very strange. <laughs> like, so yeah. Oh, the Israelis are, mate, they're, they're, they're fucking fu all over it. Yeah, but they're strong. They're so strong. That's why I, I, I'm thinking for Palestine, what hope do they have? They've got no fucking hope. They can't become a state because if they become a state, they have the right to bear arms and build an army. The Jews are never going to let them do that. They can't. So what do they do? Do they create? Do they? They can't incorporate them into Israel oh. because there's so many of them. They would that that overpower them in in the voting ballots. Oh, you, you, we all know. So we, we all know what, what the solution is, but it's never going to happen. Oh. What? Israel's got to get out of there. That's the Israel's, only solution. No, no, Israel's not going. I know that, but that's the solution. And that's why we'll never have peace in the Middle East. Never. I mean, you know what? I've, I've you know, like. The universe is going to. Yeah, because I, I, we've got so much spare land. We've got so much spare land in this country. We could accommodate Israel. We were going to give the Jews WA. But fucking, especially now with that fuckwit running it. <laughs> yes, that's a great idea. Let's fucking get fucking. Imagine. Israel imagine, was going to get... Imagine Perth. McGowan. Imagine McGowan having a look after the fucking... The, oh, that'd be funny as fuck. He'd probably want to close the border though, straight away. Probably. No, but seriously, honestly. They were going to give him WA, dude, in 1947. But they said no. They wanted something closer yeah. to the Holy Land. And then they go, all right, take the Holy and Land. And this is the thing. Like, this whole religious element to, to all of it just does my head in. And this is why when people think I'm conservative and then you want to talk religion with me, you know, that's a crock of shit. So like, you know, like Israel, if Israel was out of, you see, my only issue is let's say they, they, Israel packed its bags and fucking we gave them Alice Springs and they built up a fucking empire in the middle of Australia. I'd love it. It'd be great. Right. They would have no problems there. They have a good life. Right. They'd mind the fuck out of it. Probably. So rich. But the thing is, that soil. go back to the Middle East. So the Palestinians are given the, the land back and whatever, you know, it's rightfully theirs now. 
is that going to make him happy? I wonder. Well, it'll be just be a quiet place with kebab shops and no, but seriously, shisha. Wouldn't it be kind be of? Right. Wouldn't it kind of be a bit ironic if that was that actually was granted and they still started fighting about something else? You reckon they'd fight amongst themselves? I don't know. I'm well, it's, just, a, it's an interesting philosophical question. Well, I'm just saying. Maybe like, because they're so engineered to only know one way, and that is. Or maybe they, maybe they might get the shits with Lebanon over something. You know, like there yeah. might be some issue because there's a lot of Christians in Lebanon too. You know, they don't absolutely. Like so, who knows? Who the fuck knows? So this is what I'm saying. Like, but going back to your original point, yep. sorry to cut you off. To go full circle. Yep. Um, every. Every society has blood on its hand. Every country I, I has, believe so, yeah. Yep. So would you like to see something like a, um, in five years we have a moving on day and from that day <laughs> forward, you just don't bring up shit. We go, we move forward in life. Well, do you know any marriages that work that actually don't move on from bad shit? I don't know one. No. Like, so. So what's the solution? It would be, it would be like, say my wife, I've been married before, right? It'd be me like, Saying to my wife every second day, you're just like my ex. You're just like her. How do you reckon that'd go? Yeah, you'd be in the spare room. So I met... Fuck if I'm lucky. I, I'd, it'd be like, like you know, that's that's where you become stale because you can't move forward. So all this talk, for example, uh, in this modern era of, you know, S, you know, the SJWs of the world wanting to fix every fucking small problem that exists. You know, you want to talk about things like racism in society. Man, we have come so far. Like, do you flinch when you see four African guys walking towards you in the street at all now? I, I never really did. Well, I'm just saying. Yeah, you, yeah, But no. you don't, no, right? No, of course not. No. Right. I, live, oh, yeah, I no. can tell you now that as a kid growing up in the northern suburbs of Melbourne in the 80s, I did. Only because I didn't know. I didn't know any better. But now I do, right? Well, it was just different on their eyes. It's just, oh, wow, look at these guys. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't lose my shit. But I was always like, oh, well. That's just your eyes registering something different. That's right. fine. I would have thought so, but yeah. apparently that makes me racist in the eyes of some. The no, radicals. it doesn't. In Fuck the radical, them. No, in radicals it does, right? Well, that's where you've got to stand up so, for yourself. So Fuck this them. is the thing. Like Now, this is where I was getting to before when I was talking about being classified as a white person, right? Because it's not as simple. I mean, what's the big deal, Gab? Why do you care if people call you white? Why do I care? Because what being called white now means is like you are automatically a racist. You are not even, they're not even, they're not even going to enter into a discussion. So white equals uh, chauvinistic privileged person. Yep. Basically yeah. white supremacist oh, because you're, because the system supposedly is geared in my favor. Now mm. there are. Well, did you see what happened in Queensland with the 200 police officers that were yes. discriminated against mm -hmm. because they were male? Yes. Yeah, it's happening. They're just, they're trying to balance things yeah, out. Yeah, and they're overbalancing, as they're always. Overbalanced. Yeah. Mate, I grew, up, I grew up in an era where I mean, I get it. things were a bit out of whack, and I felt that we had a f relatively good equilibrium in the 90s, 2000, around that time, where we all knew racism was fucked, we all knew it was wrong, and we all knew that women probably needed a bit more of a, of a boost and more encouragement and less, you know, denigration and mistreatment. So we all... I feel anyway around that time that we look, we're never going to be perfect. This is what people don't understand. We are never going to be perfect. There are always going to be bad people that will find any excuse not to like you. Right? So if someone doesn't like me because of my ethnicity, okay, they're racist. Right? But what if they don't like me because they don't like my attitude? What, what then? What do I, I mean, some people will then go, oh, they're still racist. That's how stupid it is. I mean, what if I'm just a prick? 
and you know, a lot of people think that already anyway, so I don't, and I don't give a fuck, but at the end of the day, people are going to always find something to not like about someone else. So if we eradicate racism, then, which will never happen, because we are tribal. People are tribal, you know what I mean? So say, for example, if, uh, you know, you went into a, a room full of Greek guys, your people, right, your, your mates, you understand them, they're your people, you know how they think, how they work, very similar to you. And an Italian walks in there and starts saying, fuck you, Greek cunts, you're all a bunch of pricks, right? And you're going to turn around and say to that Italian, get the fuck out of here, dude. Who the fuck do you think you are? I mean, he's being racist, but are you being racist? <laughs> you know, mm. you're, just saying, you're just saying, dude, fucking, that's not on. But there's people out there that would go, both of you are racist. Like, what the fuck? I just wouldn't care. I'd, I'd laugh. I'd yeah, say well, yeah. something derogatory. They'd say something derogatory. I yeah, mean, I know. But that's, you know, the jokes go back and forth. Yeah, but that's that's normal thinking. That's I think that's what that's what people are. A lot of people are missing the fact that when you tease each other, you're forming bonds. Well, I I, I wrote like, a, example Kingswood Country. Like, do you remember uh, Kingswood Country with Ted Bullpit? Do you know why people all the wogs love that show? Right, and everyone, everyone watching that because it was us being accepted into yeah. an Australian home. Yeah, but here's the well, thing: I felt like the home of Ted Bullpit represented the country of Australia. Yeah. yeah, and I just felt like when I was watching that show, they're talking about Greeks, Italians. Yep. this is me being accepted into yep. the country well, as an Aussie. I can and tell I loved you, being part of the joke. I can tell you, it wasn't at me. I didn't feel that yeah. way. And I'll tell you why you didn't feel. We that paid way. in cash. We had money. Yeah. We were self-respecting citizens. We yep. were upstanding members of society. Yep. We it was, you know, I didn't well, see what, it Well, why that negative. show worked for the Wogs? Why they liked it so much is because the the protagonist Ted Bullpit was not portrayed as a good guy. He was portrayed not as an asshole. He was portrayed just as an idiot. So he was the dumb one in the show and he was the one with the, you know, the backward thinking. Yeah. So the Italians and Greeks watching that loved it because they knew that the producers of that show we're said, smart enough, this is yeah. not, this is not uh, how we want Australians to be. So we're going to make him the idiot. But underneath it all, he's still got a heart, right? So, he, mm. so in other words, still loves his, his daughter and mm. even though she married in a, a Greek or whatever. And yeah, he, I mean, he still has his attitude towards it, but underneath it all, though, when a push came to shove, he'd still help out. So yeah, they loved it. And you're right. It was also a bit of inclusion because mm. all of a sudden it was an actual representation of Australian society. Even if, even if the people out there would think that that's racist, uh, in terms of, you know, all the names he called him and his general demeanor towards him, that's how it was. That's how things were in the seventies and eighties. It was actually factual. It was actually accurate. They were. It just fucking was. I remember growing up as a kid, I wanted so much to identify. I was a Richmond supporter. Yep. And I understood AFL. I connected more with AFL, well, VFL at the time because there were WOG players. Yep. Like my people were playing footy and I loved it. Yeah, well, I'm a Carlton supporter. We had we had heaps of WOGs in our team. Heaps. And um, there was, um, I couldn't get into cricket because cricket just seemed, they were, they were Too all. Anglo. Too Anglo. They were all Aussies. I couldn't identify them. There was no wog kid on a tin of Milo or on a fucking box of Wheat Bix. Um, play school never mentioned. Uh, Lenny, Lenny Pasco was was he was Italian or something? Or no, hey, Pascovich. No, he was Croatian or something. He he played for Australia. How long ago? Seventies. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, there's one got. There through. was also Mark, Mark, Mike Valletta. So I was I was into cricket. So as could you identify with I, it as a I kid? Just loved, I just love I love the game. I, I fell in love with West Indies because I just <laughs> felt like they were the outsiders, and I could, they weren't the I outsiders. Could, though. They were much better than us back in those I days. In the eighties, in the eighties, they would come here and destroy us because well, they were yeah. that good. They yeah. were that. My brother played 
cricket at a fairly high level, sub-district level, pretty good standard, yeah? Yeah. And every now and then, you'd get international cricketers coming along. My brother faced Malcolm Marshall. Oh, no shit. He came in off six steps. My brother couldn't see the ball. Well, yeah, I was going to ask you because you were a wicket keeper. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Could you see the ball? Yeah. You can. Well, you're well back. How far? Because a lot of people don't know how far back you actually are. You're actually well, it depends like, on the bowler. I mean, it nah, is... pace. Pace. A pace delivery. A fast bowler. So if, if you've got a goal coming in at 130, 130 k's an hour, you'd probably be almost 15 meters back. Yeah. Wow. A long way back. Yeah. You need you need time to see it, you know. And but I used, but my 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 fun as a keeper was up to the stumps, mate. Not to the quicks. You can't do that. But you know, to the medium paces and the spinners, I used to go up to the stumps all the time. Love it. You know why that? Because I'd get in the batsman's ear. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I knew you'd be a. Uh, oh, absolutely. Do you know what happened one day? What would you say to him? Oh, mate, just shit like fucking seriously, man. You call that cricket? Do you know what you <laughs> do? You know what you're doing? Like, did you even see that last ball, mate? So you just <laughs> heckle him. Yeah. Fuck. Tell you a funny story. This is this happened uh, about ten years ago because I played cricket into my forties, right? Anyway, I'm, a guy comes out to bat and I'm keeping, and he's looking at me, staring at me the whole way, and I'm like, "Fuck, it's this guy's problem," you know? He goes, "You're that comedian, aren't you?" And I said, "Oh yeah." He goes, "Yeah, Gab Rossi, that's you. What are you doing?" I said, "I'm playing cricket, mate." He goes, "Oh man, you're fucking great. I love you, man. Like, oh, thanks, man. You know." Anyway, <laughs> so this is guy giving me heaps of praise and yeah, loving me. The batsman. The batsman. <laughs> All right, here we go. This is going to turn. He goes out, I don't know, only a few balls later. It didn't last long. And it was a terrible shot. Like, just hit it straight down the throat of midwicket. Just like a little lolly. Bad shot. Just caught shit out. Shit shot. And yeah. as he's walking off, after he praised me, I've gone, I've never done anything funny than that, mate. <laughs> and you should have seen the poor guy. He fucking dropped his head. <laughs> and I've gone, you fucking asshole. But fuck, I couldn't help it. You couldn't help it. Sometimes you can't help it as a comic. But an other way around, though, I remember one time I was batting. And these guys knew who I was as well. Another time. And they're fucking right up close, like they're fielding in close, one on each side of the pitch, like right up. And they were fucking giving it to him. <laughs> but it was funny. I was laughing because they, they were really funny. Like they were saying something like, you're not on stage now, mate. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's fucking crap. Did you ever bat as well? Yeah, no, I'm a good batsman. I used to bat, used to bat uh, middle order, you know, like around five or six. And can you see the ball from a fast paceman? Yeah, man. You like, can? Yeah, you just got to watch it out of their hand, man. Okay. You just got to watch it out of their hand. And, uh, you know, it depends. Look, some of them... Really good bowls move it. That's that. That's hard. When you say move it, so that it will hit the ground and then start. Both. It'll veer. Both. Off. It'll swing through the air, and uh, and then sometimes it, like I think I think the, the the movement off the pitch is a bit of luck, man. You know, like sometimes if it lands on the seam, I mean they try like if you if they bowl it, they hold it in their hand in such a way where the seam's upright, yeah. And then then when they let it go, they've got to let it go in such a way that it doesn't wobble, so they keep the seam upright. And that's when, if the ball lands on the seam, phew, could shoot off. Right, yeah, of course. So that's a really skilled bowler that can do that. But you know, I wasn't playing it. Like I was playing at local level. It wasn't like yeah. Know, it I was still, a, mate, it was still, a mate, dart I still, on the brakes. I still remember though that at one time I came out to bat, and I was playing. I got I got promoted to the first team. Even I was forty one. You know, it's pretty good effort. Like I got into the best team because I was at Wyndham Vale back in the day, and we had about five teams. And I used to play in the seconds, but they promoted me because I was making runs with the bat. So they put me in as a batsman. And I remember coming in at like number eight, was so six six drop, and uh, we were like getting smashed. We were six for forty, and there was this one guy. I think it was a Sri Lankan guy. And he was he was quick, left arm bowler, and I remember everyone was getting hit, and they were all panicking, and you know he, he got him out, and then I've come out, and I look. Admittedly, the ball was a bit older. As it gets older, it doesn't move around as much, so you know, a little bit of an advantage, a bit of a shine off the ball. 
I still remember him coming in. And I, I remember the first ball I faced. I thought, oh, yeah, it's a bit quick. But I watched it. I let it go. It was outside off stump, so I just watched it. And I thought, all right, I've got his pace. I think that's okay. And then the next ball, similar similar line, maybe a little bit closer to me. And all I did, because this is what I love about quick bowls, right? All I did was I just leant on it. I put, mm. I just left my bat there with a little bit of angle on it. And it's hit hit you know, more or less the center of my bat. But then it shot off just backward a square through, let the through speed gully. take care of it. And it went flying to the boundary right. for four. So yeah. second ball, I was already on four. And, I, that was, and that was the end of the over. And I thought, okay, it was all right. This guy got rattled. He started bowling short to me. And, and I'm, one of my best shots was a square cut outside off stump like that. Three times in one over, I put him over the top of slips because he, he lost his head and started bowling short to me and, I, and giving me space, and I was just helping it on its way for four. Okay. And, and when, when you face a quick bowler, if you, if you actually middle the ball, it flies. flies. So, so the center of the bat. Yeah, you middle it, bang. Do they still call it getting a cherry if you hit yeah. a ball really hard? Well, you leave leaves a red leaves mark, yeah, yeah, a yeah. cherry. Yeah, cherry. Um, but I still, love, I still love keeping that. That was the best. I still love it. Did you... Um, it's similar. Did you ever want to be a goalkeeper in soccer? Because it's soccer, similar. Soccer was never really my game, and I don't think I'm big enough to be a goalkeeper. Because every, you know, my, my, I'm only a little guy, and goalkeepers are usually got long arms and you know stop the ball. Right. Explain it to a layman like me. What did what were the Aussies doing with ball tampering? What were they trying to achieve? Like one of them had the ball down his pants, and he's like, he was, he's got he was sandpaper. sandpaper. Yeah. What what was he trying to get? He was making one side of the ball rough, which creates more movement through the air. Right. So if you if you scuff one side of the ball, yeah, so it's as gonna, it's moving. Like you remember, the the, do, of you remember do you remember the days of taping up tennis balls? Remember yeah, those yeah, of course. So you remember how they used to tape up one side? It was heavier, so yeah. it would so it would swing. Well, right. Having like you notice how they shine the ball on their pants? Yeah. Why do they shine that? Because what, if you can make one side super smooth and the other side's rough, that also creates movement because it makes basically makes the ball lopsided. Simple so as, as a it. ball gets older, isn't it harder to face it? No, opposite. Easier, much easier. But if you keep shining the fuck out of a ball, so what happens is, say, say in Test cricket, they they use the same ball for eighty overs, right? So first 10, 20 overs, fucking darts all over the joint, and it also, when a ball's shiny, it also slips off the pitch, so the ball comes onto you a bit quicker. So as it gets a bit older, it starts to lose its uh, its its pace. It's all it also softens and sinks into a predictable pattern. So slowly, but that's why they keep one side shiny so they can keep it moving. But eventually, like as it gets really old, it starts to lose just about everything. But that's why they keep shining one side for the first 40, 50 overs. You still be able to get a fair bit of movement, you know. Mm. And then you'll notice that as the ball gets older, they usually bring on the spin bowlers who then just work the actual ball itself. They, you know, they, they flick their wrists to make the ball spin through the air and land and dart that way, you know. So that's why a lot of the, lot of the time spin bowlers are given the older ball. Whereas the pace base bowlers are given the quick uh, the new ball because it moves more. Spin bowlers can make the ball move in a different way, you know. So they they get it to bounce off the pitch and they get it to do unpredictable things too. So mm. yeah. no, I love I loved cricket, mate. It was a great game. It's a really good game, like to play. Maybe not to watch, but it's a sensational game to play. Yeah. Yeah, I just I don't know. I just I think it was it was nothing else to watch growing up as a kid. So but we, as a kid, like you to watch it. Yeah, it but was... you talked about wogs and cricket. I mean, my under twelves team, half of us were wogs, mate. I actually played against even in my senior cricket years, Newport, Newport uh, Colts was it? They had all Lebos, mate. Lebanese guys all in the side, all wanting to be batters. <laughs> no, they, 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 mate, they, yeah, they, I just remember them. Yeah, we used to go down there, and I still remember one day when we got into an argument with one of the guys, and he got the shits, and he goes, and I swear to God, you know, you can't, you can't even make this shit up. He actually literally said, 
after we were giving him shit for you know because he was being a smart ass and we you know we knew he was a lebo and we're giving him a bit of shit about being a lebo he literally said mate with one phone call i could have 20 people here well yeah and we just and we just went fair enough we just said yeah we fucking know mate yeah you, you know because we know you can't fucking handle it on your own <laughs> yeah that was funny man i still can't like people say you shouldn't perpetuate stereotypes and then shit like that happens yeah <laughs> it's like one day one day someone said to me i did a joke years ago about you know fucking how a lot of uh arabs own taragos and go around in fucking 10 20, 20 12 people in the one car and yeah everyone goes oh you shouldn't do jokes like that that's that's racist that's you know, you're making stereotypes, and then I'm on the on the Westgate freeway, go past the Tarago with eleven Arabs in it. I can't yeah. make that shit up, mate. You know, it, it, they're, they're stereotypes for a reason, aren't they? Well, this is the thing. Like, you know, I get told all the time you shouldn't perpetuate stereotypes, but I don't. I don't make that shit up. I just observe and see it and go, oh, and then I see it ten times and I go, okay. And then if the audience are laughing, then you know perfectly well that they go, yeah, he's right. That does happen. Well, that's my indicator. That's why I don't pay attention yeah. to that movement. It's coming for I us. Just, They're coming for us, bro. But how? They won't get into the heads of 500 people in an audience. People will still laugh on a Friday night after they've had a few drinks. Now, as long as you're not racist or coming from a bad place, the audience will have an amazing ability to collectively pull mate, you up. I agree with you, but at the same time, uh, they're still going to try. So that's why we have to stand firm. But we are. Like, I don't want to be on TV. It's too late for me to get on TV or radio. So what's the big deal? Sure. Comedy clubs aren't going to boot me out. I've been going for like 19 years. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I hear... No one has said, you can't do that joke. Well, you know what, out. man? The thing is, though, I still don't even want them to think that they can control what I do. I don't want them to even fucking try. If they try, then I'm going to take them to task. Okay? As you said, if I say something at a show... And my audience either don't laugh or really take umbrage. Or if I do a joke about any any particular group of people, whether that whether it be a racial or anything to do with anything, whatever, and one of those people are there and they come to me and they explain to me why that joke upset them, I'm going to fucking listen. Because they're the, they're the people I care about. I don't care about the fucking white liberal that's going to tell me that I'm, you know, offending her on behalf or him on behalf of someone else. They can get fucked. I don't, I don't want to talk to those people. Right? The ones that I will listen to are the people that the joke itself may actually be about. Then I'll listen to them and take on board what they've got to say, provided, of course, that I'm in a room full of people that possibly I could sense they may not have been comfortable with that joke. So if there's a joke that I know makes people uncomfortable, I'm not going to keep doing it. That's 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 my problem with stand-up right now. Like I'm t I need to be fearless on stage and make mistakes and... It's okay to make mistakes and get pulled up. Like, I did a joke. It didn't work. And then afterwards, a couple of comics came up to me and were like, oh, man, I had no idea you were, like, so pro-Israeli. And I'm like, oh, fuck. No, I'm not. I'm actually, like, worried about the Palestinians. I wasn't trying to be pro-anyone. I'm just yeah. trying to make a joke. And I went, yeah, no, you came out too heavy. So now I've got to listen back to it and reconstruct that joke. Correct. But someone... A reviewer, if I was famous, would have taken that and gone bang. See you later. So no second chance. We're in. Yeah, it's hard for comics. I mean, yeah, Chris no Rock. Chance. Chris Rock himself said he's grateful he's not doing stand up now because there was a time where he was cutting his teeth. He'd say really out there shit, 
and people would have a go at him afterwards backstage going, you fucking, you're bigoted, you're racist, I can't believe you said that about women. He's like, whoa, 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 I'm just fucking panel beating, working shit out. Yeah. And now with YouTube, you're fucked. Well, so there's plenty, there's plenty, it's there's a plenty, minefield. there's plenty of jokes that I've got that could get me in all sorts of trouble if I was in the wrong environment. And, and I just want to understand that, I want people to understand that there's no hatred here, man. None. I only hate people that fucking want to want to try and sort of destroy me. Why would I like those people? This is the thing. Like, you know, these people aren't trying to um, educate me. They're not trying to help me. They're trying to destroy me. So fuck you. I'm going to destroy you. And this is what I'm doing with my social media. I'm putting out videos. I'm dangling the carrot for them to come after me. And I can make them look silly. I can easily make them look silly. Have you ever thought of giving your act a rounded appearance in terms of like doing some pro but you could let people know well, in, I don't a, think... in a way you're pro marriage you're pro um, whatever gender you want to be and all this sort of uh, well, you're I pro don't, choice I don't think because people do yeah know, yeah I understand where you're going with that and just I give a rounded character yeah but myself. I sort of do that I sort of do like I sort of touch on you know the fact that I don't have any particular issues with anything I touch on that mm. you know what I mean like uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I know where you're coming from, but I don't think in my act I'm as like social media is different. Okay. Cause on social media, I'll go a bit pretty hard on, so I'll, I'll pick a topic like a, it'll usually be inspired by a news story of the day or whatever. And I'll go, right, I'm going to do a video about this tonight mm. because you know, say, say for example, t- yesterday they put out, uh, that the Pope is now one of the fucking spokesmen for climate change, which I think is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard on the planet. Really? Absolutely. It's fucking stupid, right? So they've done that. So today, in my... in Today... I, yeah, <laughs> it's I know, so it's, fucking bizarre. Well, I mean... That so does so, any sense. So is an 18-year-old Swedish girl. And so is fucking uh, Al Gore, a failed politician, talking about it. You know what I mean? Like, it's all bizarre. Yeah, but don't you see the 18-year-old Swedish girl is a beacon. She represents an image, an ethos, an understanding that it's up to the kids of tomorrow. We, ha- we That's what she is. She's an ambassador for the future. Right. It's not, you know. But she's hardly an expert, mate. No, she's not, but it's 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 not about well, then, that. Then Neither we... is your kid when he says something concerning to you about the environment, but you care about him so much. That's all they're trying to do. They're trying to use yeah, her Yeah, but that's a... manipulation. It's not fucking no, it's legit. Ma- it's manipulation for a good cause. I don't believe that. Oh, well, that's where we differ. Because I don't think that climate change is anything like what we're talking about. There well, is that's a... where we differ. That's fine. No, we're, we're, there is an issue with the climate, but it's I don't think it's in our hands, mate. I don't think it's anything we can do about it. You know what I mean? Like we, but in saying that, I can I can argue with any any guys flat out, and I can tell you now that I've probably done more to reduce my carbon footprint than most people. So I've got a seven and a half kilowatt solar panel set up in a twenty two thousand water liter tank. You know. So, uh, so with all that in mind, but your motivation behind that was economic, right? No, not no. at all. But, but you don't believe in climate change. Why'd you do it? I still believe in stopping pollution. Mm. I still believe in you know cleaning the air. I'd like to. I'd like to breathe clean air. You know. You sound contradictory. You know what I mean. You're like anti climate change, but then no, you're doing not anti climate these... change. I just don't believe the narrative that we're being fed is correct. To what end? Like it's to what end? To what end? To it's what? Too much. Too much. It's exaggerated. Absolutely exaggerated. Also, also that um, whatever you and I do is not going to make a shit of difference if if corporations don't do their bit, and corporations and the China like we'll put it this way, if they can give China all these concessions 
Yeah. Then how can I take them seriously? Of if course. the biggest polluter on the planet, them in India, like, you know, and you get the leftists arguing, oh, they're still developing nations. China's about to take over the fucking world. How are they still a developing nation? I get it. It's like you're being told off for fighting and next to a dinosaur that's fighting. Correct. It's just, yeah. It doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. I Australia, Australia is a country are, are responsible for 1.4% of the world's emissions, right? But then they keep going on about per capita, where we're number one or two. Like per capita worst. doesn't make a, a difference. Well, what I'm saying, though, is... Weird. This is the weird thing about people that, you know, when they use that statistic to try and demonize Australia as a country, I mean, fuck me. You want to compare a country with one and a half billion people to a country with 25 million people. Of course, we're going to have bigger emissions per capita because in China, that the proportion of people living in China that live in really small accommodation would not have a big carbon footprint, would they? Because they're in a little fucking shack, right? Or mm. small, you know, they're not, they're not all living in fucking you know, four-bedroom houses in suburbia like we are, right? So, of course, the fucking emissions per capita is going to be different. Mm. You, can't, you can't go back to China and go, you guys are doing a great job, mate. By the way, don't worry about the fact that you've just opened up 250 new coal-fired power, uh, coal power plants in the last 12 months. That's okay. You're still developing. Give me a fucking break. Like, you know, they're so quick to criticize Western countries, but they won't ever say a bad word about China. That reeks in double standards, hypocrisy, and all sorts of shit to me. And, uh, and you know, oh, China are doing more for... No, they're not. Mm. They're fucking not. All right? And they've also been given more time to sort their shit out. Fine, I get that. But end of the day, mate, we're going to get to 2050. We'll be at zero emissions. And then what? Like, okay, well done. But if China's still pumping out fucking, you know, half a gazillion fucking, you know, amounts of tons of fucking CO2 into the air, because we let them go, it was all for nothing. Like, well, I heard they're on track. They've got a plan as well. Of course they have. For 2050. Of course they They have. say. It's 2060, by the way. For them. Yep. 2060 is their zero target. They've got another 10 years. Right. That's handy. Well, it's, mate, it's a, lot, a lot can happen in 10 years too. Point of the matter I'm, I'm saying is that we just seem to be too scared to criticize certain people, more than happy to criticize some. That's that, always the way. Well, it shouldn't be. No one wants to end up like Charlie Hebdo and draw fucking Muhammad and then get bulleted. Well, you know. No one wants to pick on China when they live in China because they've got an anti-terror law now that's saying if you say bad shit about China, we can lock you up. Which means if you go and perform at the Hong Kong Comedy Store and say Which I won't nasty be anytime sh- soon. And anyway. you say nasty shit about, I mean, not now, but if you say nasty shit about China, they can apprehend you. Look. It's fucking madness, I man. Don't, I don't want this to sound like a China bashing episode because at the end of the day, I don't have an issue with China per se, especially not the people. I do have a bit of an issue with the CCP. I think, you know, as a, as a like, I'm not a, I'm very, I'm pretty anti-communist. Don't like communism as a rule. I think it's, you know, I don't like totalitarian style government, you know, but the people of China are amazing. Great people fantastic people like fucking smart they're so fucking smart chinese medicine mate fucking love that shit it's the best they are so clever and it's so natural too so all i'm going to say is that you know the, the the standard has to apply across the board not just to people that you you want to say we're privileged because we're white it's it all comes back to that it's like it's like everything is about demonizing white people and I don't, like I said, I don't even feel like a white man. And yet I'm told every day I'm a white man now. And yeah. I don't feel like one. You're white. I know I'm white. I, We're white. I know I'm white 
white skinned. I know I'm f- my my tone is light, but I'm not a fucking white man. We're we're white wogs. Yeah, but slightly different. Why was I the? You know, you know what my nickname was at school, Gaborigine. You understand that? That's how dark I was. I was the darkest kid in the class at one point. So there was an issue with my skin color then. It didn't bother me because, mate, I love the fact that I tanned. It was great. Yeah, I love some. Yeah, absolutely. But the point is that I was, I was, I'm, I'm a pretty tough sort of person, so it probably didn't bother me. But what if it did? What if I really hated it? What if I was embarrassed? My brother was even darker than me. And he, I know he did get upset. He yeah, used right. to get upset. Oh, yeah. And what, you don't think I ever got kicked or punched or spat on for being a wog? Of course I did. So, you know, now they're telling me I'm one of them. Like, after you fucking gave me shit 30 years ago, now I'm one of you? No, no, no. It doesn't work that way. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not anti-Australian. I'm, I think of myself as an Aussie, first and foremost. But don't, don't, you know, don't drag me into your bullshit. If you think that because I have fair skin that I'm just like you are, after you told me 35 years ago to fuck off back to where I came from, even though I was born here, no, mate, I'm not playing that game. I'm not going to join you. I mean, I'm not going to hate you, but I'm certainly not going to go, yeah, I'm one of you guys now. No fucking way. I'll never feel 100% that way. Remember that joke I do? When I say my mates still call me a wog to remind me I'm not welcome? Right? It, it, it's tongue-in-cheek. It, I'm not hurt by the term. I don't get upset. But I'm still in a different category to them in their eyes. I'm not the same white Aussie guy. I'm not a white Aussie. Maybe I'm a white wog. You want to call me that? Don't, like, after what we went through, it is completely and utterly ridiculous, ridiculous to say to me that you got to check your privilege. Because I fucking, I fought hard, man. I didn't fucking get it easy. And no, if you want to, if you think for a minute, anyone out there thinking, watching this going, oh, yeah, but, you know, you don't have any doors shut in your face because you're Italian. Well, fucking bullshit, mate. Go to the entertainment industry and do some digging and you'll find out that that's not the case either. End of story. So make of that what you will. Sour grapes? What, because I've been fucked over, passed over for opportunities? Mate, I have been. And I'll tell you now, okay, maybe it's not because I am Italian heritage alone in isolation. It's probably not that. It's probably because in my show, I talk about it a lot. And for whatever reason the powers that be in our, in our industry here in Melbourne and, and Australia they still see that as a topic of discussion that shouldn't be happening they're more than happy for someone of you know Middle Eastern origin to talk about their heritage mm. but as soon as an Italian or Greek or, or a it's Spanish, not in anymore well whatever the case if it's old school that's another thing but it doesn't necessarily like I don't use myself as an example because I haven't had any major levels of success. You know, I've done okay. I've managed to carve out a career and fly under the radar, which I'm wrapped with, to be honest. But I, I think people would be interested if you but Avadi, distilled everything that you just said yeah, now in 10 minutes yeah, but let's talk and about, make it funny. Why yeah, wouldn't they? But let's talk about Joe Avadi for a minute, right? Good friend of mine, Joe. One of our most successful comedians ever in terms of overseas success, right? Made it big in Canada, didn't he? Huge in Canada. He's got a following in England. And he's even, you know, he's, he's sort of tickled a, a little bit of America as well, right? He's, he's as successful as any of our comedians, like whether it be Husey or anyone that's gone overseas and had a bit of fun, right? He, he asked six or seven times just to do a spot on the Comedy Festival Gala when he was performing during the festival and was rejected every time. 
I mean, let that sink in. Okay, but let me give you maybe just the other side. It's one or two people that run the comedy festival sure. that make these big decisions. Still. So you can't let them pass judgment on all of yeah, you the make, rest of Australia. You make a very good point. Like but it, that's just, she's the gatekeeper, or whoever that person is, they're the gatekeepers. Yeah, yeah but you, you make a very valid point, and I hear you, but I will say that that that's just one example. There's others. Yeah, well, sure. What about, okay, I'll, I'll tell you now, very well-known TV show has a producer who's a good friend of my, my mate, right? And he asked to appear on that show once and said, oh, no, no, they wouldn't have you on there. And he goes, why? And he goes, no, it's just, you're just not their type. Ring SBS. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. Anyway, man, I've got to go, man. We've got to, I've got to pack up and get going, buddy. Let's go. Thanks for coming in, Gab. Oh, well, fucking say, so how many more enemies am I going to have after this? No, you'll be right. <laughs> Thanks, mate. All right, cheers.